Hey, welcome to the James and Kim cast. I'm James Howard. And I'm Kim Carson. Today we are talking about bootlegging and moonshining. Ooh, yeah. It's a Southern tradition. <laughs> Thanks for listening. The James and Kim cast, catching you up on what you missed while you were waiting in line for coffee. Tell a friend, rate, review, and share. We've got Linda Moss Minds joining us today. You wear many hats in our community. Now, we, we've got people that listen to the James and Kim podcast all over the world. Uh, a lot of folks, they, they, they tune in, and it, it's a regional thing. Uh, but Linda, you... We always, you know, when you're on the show, we say our local historian, but you you do a little bit of everything on, on so many levels in our community. Well, uh, you know, the, the wonderful thing about history is it allows you to sort of dig your toes and fingers into anything you're interested in. So I am the Chattanooga and Hamilton County historian, but I'm also in the process of writing a, a book on Tennessee history primarily geared toward middle school readers, stories about their past or their community's past that they need to know. And there's so many fascinating stories out there. You know, I'm, I'm a product of the Upper Cumberland and the Cumberland Plateau. So it's interesting how many different cultures you find scattered across the state of Tennessee, but all of them sort of united by that Scots and Irish influence that mm-hmm. makes us um, stubborn and independent people. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, I'm known for getting off script, but you, you mentioned Scottish and, and Irish. Right. I was, uh, I was, my wife and I, we, we were at Enterprise South Park. We parked our car and we went uh, walking some of the trails. I was coming back to the car and a guy had a kilt on and he was loading up his bike. And I go, sir, I'm going to just be nosy. Did you go mountain biking in that kilt and he started laughing he goes no he said that's that's my normal routine i put the kilt on to kind of dry off a little bit (laughs) (laughs) see i was fully expecting to say if we could fight the battle of sterling in a kilt i can ride a mountain bike in a kilt (laughs) (laughs) there you go oh that's so hilarious you know the howard uh color for the kilt that was that was my color so uh i had to ask him his last name but anyway i mean it it, it was very similar to to the to to the color so linda let me let me um pick your brain a little bit about chattanooga moonshiners and and bootleggers several years ago i had the opportunity to do a story and we had to go through the woods the to talk to this gentleman with the tennessee river gorge trust and we were along the Tennessee River, and he pointed out some moonshine steals oh, okay. that back in the, I guess, the 40s or 50s, the federal government came in there, and you can you can still see the the axe handle, the, the axe uh, impressions where they where they slammed them to, to drain out all the the moonshine. But mm-hmm. I was so, I was I was like I wanted to know more about the history behind. How many moonshiners and bootleggers that we had in our community back in the the twenties and the thirties, right? The forties, maybe even today. Maybe even today. Although today you can legitimately get a license to distill up to a certain amount of whiskey, but I mean it's fascinating if you go back in the history of our community. Of course, Hamilton County formed in eighteen nineteen. Uh, Chattanooga comes along eighteen thirty eight thirty nine. Um, as a city, but the truth of the matter is, those, so many of those early 
immigrant settlers, Revolutionary War veterans and their families were Scotch and Irish. And we've probably in this region been producing Poochin, early moonshine, since the very beginning of this region. As soon as Europeans were in here, we brought along with us not only our Scots and Irish traditions, but our recipes for family homebrew. Hmm. Did you say Coochin? Coochin. Yeah, it's oh, it, po- because oh. originally in Ireland, when they made liquor, they made it from potatoes because that was their most common okay. crop. Okay. And then after the potato famine, so many of the Irish in particular came to the New World, came to the States, and then... A lot of them came down through Pennsylvania, Virginia, Carolina, into Tennessee in particular, and they brought those recipes with them. But potatoes were not as common here, so they switched to corn. Corn grows on really rocky soil. And liquid corn is so much easier to transport and sell than corn cobs. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. So how... Here in in the Chattanooga, North Georgia, here in our area, like the moonshiners, like tell us tell us the history behind moonshining back in the day. And I'm, I'm I guess prohibition back what twenty what that what created the bootleggers. Yeah, well, take well, us back the, to the twenties. Yeah. Well, and you go back to the twenties. So we had been producing all sorts of of liquor moonshine in this area, and you go back to the 1880s and there was an attempt to put an excise tax on moonshine and of course the people in this region in hamilton county polk county you know the southeast tennessee mountainous region in particular had a real strong reaction to that tax because they saw it as something that was being legislated by the city folks so that they could sell the liquor in a store and make the money and cut the farmers out of the money that they would make. So there was actually sort of a rebellion here in East Tennessee, including Hamilton County, in the 1880s, so much so that there was a U.S. Supreme Court case that said certain criminal cases would automatically come out of local and state courts and go straight to federal court based on the fact that in East Tennessee, anyone who was brought up on moonshining charges was allowed to walk. The juries would not find them guilty. It was a protest against federal government intervention and farmers making a living and supporting their family. Well, by by 1898, even here in Hamilton County, there's a fabulous article in the old Chattanooga Daily Times from January of 1898 where the federal government had come in and had found a production that was going on in a basement in East Chattanooga. They seized a 125-gallon copper steel, the worm, all of the things that you needed, about 1,900 gallons of liquor, uh, another 179 gallons of whiskey, and 30 gallons of the mash that they were getting ready to produce. And they, they announced it as being the largest single steel production that they had seized in all of the southern states so while while we were all really going to church (laughs) we were also (laughs) producing liquor and and that was here that was here in in chattanooga and hamilton county in fact if you go back and you look at 1899 i pulled up you know not long ago i i love to dig into the old record so i was pulling up the hamilton county grand jury true bills and in April alone of 1899, there were 75 true bills involving moonshine. Really? 
uh, high moonshiners in Hamilton County, and bless their hearts, they actually name the names of some of the major producers, and, and you and I both might recognize a couple of the names. Those last names of, you know, prominent people who were just trying to feed their babies. Wow. Look, can you name a few? Well, you know, you go back and you look at those names and you see some names that include Williams and Cartwright and Carter and Coughlin and Brooks and... Howard. None of whom are my kinfolks, because my kinfolks were all up on the plateau and they were hidden in the caves in the creek. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, during that time, what was crime like here in in our city? Well, you know, what's interesting is the the moonshiners tended to take care of each other, and a lot of the crime, yes, there was alcohol-related crime and everything, but it's interesting, it became more of an issue once prohibition occurred because then you had rival groups trying to protect their stashes, and you also had one, and it's a funny thing about human nature, but it appears from the record once there was prohibition, there was a greater desire to drink. <laughs> yeah, because you tell somebody not to do something, they immediately want to do yeah, it. Yeah, Absolutely. And I mean, that's the background of Scots and Irish. We have been in rebellion for centuries. So tell us something that we can't do, and by golly, hide and watch us. Right. I, mean, <laughs> I will tell you, there's a fascinating story um, right before prohibition where they a revenue agent had come into Hamilton County, and he had received word that there was a lot of moonshining going on Sand Mountain. I think a lot of our local listeners will know where Sand Mountain is. And so he went off to try and find the steals, arrest the the bootleggers, or arrest the moonshiners, and break up the steals. And two days later, his horse returned without him. Uh Uh-oh. And... Yeah, the the federal government offered a thousand dollar reward, which is a lot of money in the early twentieth century. Never found his body. Never found any evidence of what had happened. They found one steel that had been dismantled, but obviously dismantled by whomever owned it because they had taken the critical parts with us. And the Secret Service actually came to Chattanooga and stayed here for several weeks. Hmm. And their official report back to the U.S. Treasury. And this is a quote, says, they determined the mountain had opened one of its rocky seams and had swallowed as Agent Leatherman alive. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. That is so interesting. And what uh, year was this? That's 1906. 1906. That's pre-prohibition. Yeah. What's interesting is he was engaged to be married and his fiancée never married. Oh. That is sad. I, I was about to say, I, I have uh, a lot of family on on Sand Mountain in Ider, Alabama, but after that story, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a lot of friends on um, Sand Mountain, and I go, huh, well, but you know, my, my Yorks are from Fentress County, and while we became teetotalers, there's probably a period of time in there where we were not. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, we, we did a prior podcast talking about um, Al Capone and his ties to Chattanooga. Is there any link of Al Capone and moonshining and, and bootlegging in this area? Well, you know, there are all sorts of stories about how he had a relay station up on Mont Eagle and yeah. that there were all sorts of, of caves and places along that route. 
where moonshiners would bring their liquor, leave it, and, and he had the distribution system set up. And if you think about Chicago to Miami and the old roads and the quickest way, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. There are allusions to him in some of the Chattanooga articles during the 1930s, but there's never any proof. And I'd say most people were afraid to point a finger too directly. Yeah. And Linda, the on Lookout Mountain, the was it Castle Above the Clouds, right. where Covenant College is yes. today. Yes. Historically, any because wasn't that didn't they obviously they had alcohol in the and gambling and gambling there at mm-hmm. the the hotel. What was that like during the Prohibition time? Well, you know what we find across, I think all major areas in the South and in the North, too. I mean, obviously, Chicago, Philadelphia, Boston. I think what we find is that there was sort of an unspoken agreement between law enforcement often and those sorts of um, establishments that if you take care of the issues related to what's going on on your site, we're going to leave you alone. So there were a lot of places where there were what you would hear, see referred to in movies today as speakeasies, where you knocked on the door and you knew someone who knew someone or there was a code and you got in. And, you know, you could purchase almost anything that you wanted. You could purchase most anywhere in any town if you knew the right place to go. Gotcha. You know, they're, they're, in fact, in the 1930s, there was a, um, a newspaper article actually in the Chattanooga News that said, Georgia and the backside of Lookout Mountain in particular was probably the worst moonshine state in the Union. Wow. Now, Polk County would take our issue with that, and and listeners who know where Polk County, Benton, the Ocoee is, Polk County was the most notorious and probably the most notorious moonshiner of all time was a woman who was in Polk County and and I mean, it's kind of fascinating when you think about it, but she is rumored to have killed three revenue agents Whoa. and five people who were going to testify against her. Her name was Molly Miller, and she sort of coordinated all of the Polk County moonshiners. And while she was brought up on charges, she was never tried for any of those crimes, and she died of old age at home in her bed. Wow. Goodness gracious. That Yeah. I ran into somebody about a year and a half ago. Someone introduced me to a guy by the name of Hugh Sutton, and I pass his house about four times a day. Hugh Sutton, and uh-huh. and you know where I'm going with this. It's the <laughs> it's the nephew of Popcorn Sutton. Oh, who was the uh, he was the notorious. He was yo oh, yeah. Yeah, pop, yeah, popcorn sudden. He was, you know, what's so fascinating about him is he is a notorious moonshiner, but he is a folk hero. Yeah, right. I right. mean, his his neighbors, his friends, his everybody around him loved the fact that he was defiant. Yeah, and that, I mean, he really became a legend during his own lifetime. Mm. It's fascinating. Yeah, very fascinating. Well, it's always fascinating when you're on the show. Whether it be TV, podcasts on Sunny Nutty Two Point Three, Linda Moss Minds, we so appreciate you. Before we let you go, you you mentioned a few moments ago about a book you're writing. Can you give us a little hint when that's going to come out? Well, I'm hoping that it'll be out probably early winter of next year. I'm 
what I'm trying to do is to get people fascinated about Tennessee history, and especially young readers mm. um, who are required to take Tennessee history. But you know, if you just sit down and read a textbook, it's kind of like yawn. But if you read the <laughs> stories of John Sevier and the over the mountain over mountain men going to Watauga, or you read the story of you know fascinating dragging canoe and others, oh, yeah. you know, a one-page, almost like a guidepost, cliff note version to get them interested in learning more about their own past. Yes, yes. I so took. Uh, if it gets closer, I'll share some of that with you. And, you know, as we sign off today, let me remind everybody who stands up in their orange and sings Rocky Top, <laughs> think about those first four lines. Once two strangers climbed old Rocky Top. Looking for a moonshine Looking for a moonshine steel. Yeah, right. Looking for a moonshine steel. That's right. Strangers ain't come down from Rocky Top. Ne- reckon they never will. Ooh, rock. Go balls. Yay, go balls. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Linda, it's always wonderful thank, to have you on our thank podcast. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for inviting me. And you all have an absolutely fabulous shiny day. Steve here with Armor Exteriors. Roofs are critical to protecting your biggest investment. We install complete roof systems with a GAF factory warranty that gives you peace of mind. Visit ArmorExteriors.com for a free roof inspection. Armor up with Armor Exteriors. Here's some Rocky Top music right there. You gotta love oh, it. You gotta love it. Oh my goodness, yeah. And it's been so hot. And I've really enjoyed baseball season, but I, I am ready for some football season. We are not far from it. <laughs> We're just right around the corner for <laughs> sure. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the James and Kim cast. Very interesting podcast today with Linda Moss Mines. Hey, we want to invite you to listen to our radio show, a Sunday 92.3 in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're on from 5 a.m. until 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. Until next time, thanks for listening to the James and Kim cast. support the James and Kim cast rate review and share with your friends for more of Chattanooga's favorite morning show go to sunny 923.com